Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday, August 15th. This is Ed Carbajal for MMANews.com. Uh, make sure you check out MMANews.com's YouTube channel. Click the thumbs up, bell notification, like, subscribe, all that nonsense so you can get videos like this. And uh, this week we have an uh, interview with uh, just three days before the PFL playoffs uh, resumed this past Friday. Um, James Lynch got to speak with Ken Flo, Kenny Florian, who does commentary over at the PFL. And you know him from UFC and Ultimate Fighter, all that stuff. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter if you like stuff like this and uh, other MMA news content. You can follow me at Carbazel. And uh, let's uh, get right into it. Um, before we even move on, I'm just trying to bring up all my results here. You know, uh, every time there's a, a weekend with no UFC events, and then obviously by now we all know MMAnews.com is heavy, heavy, heavy into UFC content and news. Um, but... There was none this weekend. They resume on the 21st this coming Saturday. However, there was a really, really good Bellator event, Bellator 264, their last one, which is looking – I mean, I don't know if they're going to get back to the Mohegan Sun by the end of the year, um, but uh, it's like, what, 21 events they held there in the fight sphere at Mohegan Sun. Bellator 264, um, one of probably the best card of the year that they had. Um, shorter, they lost a, a couple of fights leading into it. It was a shorter card, but um, the the if you missed Friday night's events, um, really good Friday night for mixed martial arts last night, too. If you have a fight pass account, I mean, there was CFFC, there was the the um, ultimate, uh, what's I forget the number 40, the the new one that fight pass just added, Canadian MMA promotion. Mm, excuse me as I drink this nice cold water from my ball aluminum cup <laughs> jason momoa shout out to jason momoa they don't sponsor me or anything but they should i really like these cups but anyway um i was actually thinking about recording this last night because there was no ufc and, and giving myself a sunday off but um you know i tied one on so i couldn't do that and plus it was 100 degrees in this room so i wasn't trying to record then a lot cooler today but anyway let's get into these results Go to MMANews.com for our full results and clips and all that stuff. I explained already why I don't play them anymore on here, um, but let me bring up the website uh, before we get into... There's, There was... Uh, on the Bellator 264 card, um, there was a... Uh, there we go. I just want to bring it up. They like to remix the article that I put the fight card, and then they put the results and stuff on there. I guess that's that's original. Um, all right, let me bring that up so you guys, for y'all, could see. I I I can't say enough. I'm I, I'm really like the bantamweight. It was it wasn't even the co-main event. Let me scroll down to the results so you can see. We have all the clips and stuff um up at mmanews.com so make sure you check out the the link for the results sites sounds and results or whatever they retitled that to um where there we go scroll down i mean this fight this fight with rafael stats super stats and uh magomedov probably the best fight that if, if bellator has fights uh they 2015 i've been high on bellator bantamweight division for a long time um, it's it, to me, it's always been one of the more like if I had to pick 
divisions exciting within a promotion because i know on one of these sunday submission things we we talked about how the lightweight overall is kind of like for mixed martial arts and throughout the entire sport but i mean i feel like bantamweight is starting to take that overall but specifically for belt or mma they've always had like really really good um bantamweights i mean you look at the names so i wrote something this morning not here some for something else but um just about like t- i got into beltor's bantamweight division like in 2015 when joe warren won the uh interim title it was here in atlantic city i was at the event it was at the then revel which is now the ocean resort that's uh where the pfl held their their um their season at and we're going to get into pfl in a bit but um this the rafian stats versus uh, magomed magomedov um it was a unanimous decision for stats because he um oddly enough he managed to i shouldn't say oddly enough because i mean if you listen to his post fight like call out and everything he did in uh, in the post fight press conference that he said about his rep his wrestling is just something that we haven't really had a chance to feature yet because you know he's competing in mixed martial arts and but he he managed to um in the first round i remember there was a a takedown attempt that kind of dictated what was going to happen and it was really um it was really telling of how the fight went and this is not to take away from magomedov and i i know this is like the middle fight in the main card we'll get to the, to the other stuff in a bit but this fight with um this fight for me stole the show there's two fights that st- stood out to me i mean but this fight in particular was the one a i was looking forward to it at, while we were leading up to the fight um, I mean, going into the to the fight night card, um, the podcast that I do with Matt Hawkins, I even mentioned, you know, we did a we do a uh, a breakdown of all the bigger like whatever's uh, the peak card of the week, whether it be a pay per view or a Bellator event. We usually do like a breakdown, <clears throat> and um, this was the one that I said like I didn't even want to do a prediction for it because I thought it it could go either way. Going into it, I believe. Uh, I forget Stotts was ranked either four or five. Magomedov was three. That's going to change on Tuesday when the rankings come out. I mean, Stotts is going to be three or, you know, the thing is uh, the the bantamweight champ Sergio Pettis is also his teammate. So when he won this fight, um, one of the things he said uh, in the post-fight, uh, I want to remember if it was a press conference or a post-fight interview with uh, McCarthy because one of those um, – you can guess which one is hard for me to pay attention to. I'll let you uh, gamble on which one that is. But um, listen to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, you'll know. But um, he said that, you know, if I remember the lab, before he fought in this event, the last time he fought, he said that he was fine being a gatekeeper because he didn't want to step on his teammates' toes. And then, um, you know, with the adrenaline rush and stuff, I know in this post-fight uh, in-cage interview, he said he was like, let's do a bantamweight tournament, which is would be fair because, you know, it'd be uh, seated opponents and he wouldn't have to really worry about fighting his teammate until, you know, say, like the, the quarterfinals or whatever, when it starts getting closer, if, if, they, if they both advance, you know, the way they handled the, the featherweight Grand Prix that just finished. So he called for a million dollar bantamweight Grand Prix, and I feel like that's something Bellator has always kind of had the, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They they have more than enough ingredients to do, 
And Scott Coker seemed like he liked the idea in the post-fight press conference at the end of the event. Um, but, you know, they just finished the featherweight one. They still have the light heavyweight one going on. So, you know, for now, they got to kind of cool it with the Grand Prix until, you know, we come into the new year and there's nothing else going on. Because, I mean, and I know I've said this before, like every MMA promotion, you get a fight card and there's a bunch of fights. And, yeah, I mean, adding something to the mix makes it more exciting for me. So I, I like the Grand Prix. I like the PFL's format. I'm glad they're, they they came back on Friday. It was nice that they both held events on Friday because it gave you know folks like me a, a lighter Saturday night um, if you weren't covering the regional stuff. <clears throat> but, um, man, this fight was a reminder of how, how great the bantamweight division is. And um, one last thing I want to say about it, the, uh, the third and final round, there was a point where and it's on here. It's uh, it's on this. Uh, hold on, let me. I can't play it for you unless it's a GIF. Where are we with it? There was a point when that's a co-main event, which is really good too. Uh, with Koreshkov, former welterweight champion. This is uh, <laughs> this is this was the end of the fight. Oh, I can't play this for you. Look. So this is this is uh, Stotts looking for the choke, and um, uh, I was a little frustrated. You know, we don't get to see the whole thing because it's because it's just this little image here. But the thing about um, we have a couple of these. Let's take a look. I mean, the fight was just super exciting. Does he do the step over on here? So he took him. He took him down there. But if you if you look at the placement of Stotts like thigh. And the way he has his shoulders already twisted up, he steps over and reverses that position. It was such a great fight. You really have to see it. Um, but you see how he lands there. So that that was the first when they got to the ground at the end of the, the you see the time that, that that happened in the third round. But uh um Magomedov reversed that position and took his back, and and it ended with with Stotts defending a choke. But uh the if you want to measure who came closer with the submission. Stotts came closer, which is why he won the decision, because, I mean, everything – he had an answer for everything Magomedov did. Um, <clears throat> but if you want to, like uh, – Stotts had – you saw how he landed with the with the hands like so, and and uh, Magomedov was trying to push down the knee so he could get his back, back to the mat, get his shoulders flat to the mat and turn into him, which he eventually kind of did. But um, he had to defend the other hand – there was a point where Stotts had the full, full-on choke. Magomedov's face was red, and uh, he fought off this hand to relieve the pressure with this hand, which is it's not my favorite, you know, um, choke defense because it, it requires it's it's the defense you have to do when it's mostly locked in. This is a really bad position to be in, but he does it, and then he pulls it down so Stotts doesn't have the leverage to to finish choking with this one. He ever, he, and Stotts commented on it in the post-fight uh, press conference where he was like, I got to learn how to finish a, a one-handed choke. There is a one-handed choke. So one of the options, there's a few. I mean, especially there's more if you have a gi on. So when he's here and he pulls a, the, the choking hand away, um, Stotts, was, Stotts could have. I don't know if the guy tweeted this when the fight was happening too because I don't know. It's probably harder to do when you, ha when you have an MMA glove on that's taped up and everything. But you can reach, you know, Scoot your head forward and reach around. My headphones in the way, or whatever. But you can't finish it like so. 
and closing by leaning your neck back and the guy's neck is in there and you can get you can finish a choke there even though your your face is open for counterattacks and you know self-defense i i'm i'm getting off topic but that's one of the ways to do a one-handed rear naked choke for folks that that uh we're curious because I, I mean, you probably didn't even see the post fight press conference where he said that, but there is a way to finish it. Um, but he was closer because he was here. Whereas, uh, when um, Magomedov took his back, uh, Stotts, Stotts did a smarter defense, he brought his arms high, but didn't worry about the hooks the way that Magomedov did, and was just kind of like blocking and, and defending any other holes that Magomedov's hands could have sunk in for the choke. Super exciting fight if you didn't see it. Um, but that was that wasn't even that was on the main card wasn't the main event. Davion Franklin, that was one. Me and Matt. I mean, I got it wrong. Yeah, we both got it wrong. Me and Matt Pitt uh, did. Uh, uh, if you look at the time on this, Davion Franklin trains out there with John Jones and Jackson Wink. Um, I think he was. He's probably he's four and zero now. I think it was three and zero coming into this, and his opponent was like fifteen and zero, sixteen and zero going into the fight. So I thought. That the experience would, you know, it was too much of a experience gap that I, I honestly thought, you know, that this might be the guy that gives Franklin some trouble. But we can see by that finish time, was not the case. Um, I wonder if we even have that up on there. Even though my name is on this, I didn't add all this extra. This I did the I did the fight card announcement. They remixed it, so uh, you know that's say what you want about that. Let me see if we have it on here. Oh, what a great fight that was. Um, this is a video, so I can't play it, but you know, the finish is there. Check out the link. Um, I don't, cause I don't want to mess this up for YouTube when we up, I upload this to YouTube, but check out that finish there. Um, the fights that went to decision were exciting. Uh, main event, <coughs> Gegard Musasi defends his title, uh, finishes John Salter with a third round of strikes. Which is um, so I, I tapped into the media day uh, press conference. One of the questions I asked was, Gegard Mousasi has been openly honest about like if he f- doesn't feel like fighting, the fight's not going to really be exciting or go well. Uh, but if he feels like fighting, then we, we see what we saw. And he said he felt good leading up to this. Um, I actually had a link of that in here. They probably changed it. Um, but you can check it out at the at the Bellator's uh, YouTube channel where he says um, his mood is um, was good for this fight. He had a plan for Salter that he seemed to stick to. He said he was. He actually said afterward because Salter did take him down uh, in the first round, and he, and he said I could have gotten up if I wanted to, but he just he kind of wanted to see where where things went. Um, I mean, the guy's record is is like his fifty second total fight. He's like forty. He's forty eight and. I forget whatever his record is. 48 wins now. So Musashi's been fighting for a while. But um, we saw that uh, he was able to defend all of Salter's really good on the ground. I mean, that's what got him to this title shot. And we saw uh, not, not only Musashi was able to, to handle the ground, but when, once he was there and he was on top of Salter, the strikes you could – they were super audible. Like I know, I know you can hear. Uh, there was fans in the arena, so we, we kind of got used to hearing stuff. But when you hear the impact of the strikes that he was landing with the crowds cheering in, in Mohegan Sun, it that was kind of like a testament to how hard he hits 
uh, someone on the ground. And um, he even said he's like that uh, even though Salter might have looked like the stronger guy, he was the stronger man, even though his frame was is more you know thin or whatever you want to call it. Um, what else? Uh, talked about Franklin, talked about Stotts. Um, and then I, from the prelims, which are you could go back and watch us now on, on the Bellator YouTube channel or the Showtime Sports YouTube channel. Um, this fight was fun. Pape Sormson versus Roberto Samato is a split decision, excuse me. But the fight that I really liked was uh, Jeffrey Glosser and Sebastian Ruiz. And um, Glossner picked up the unanimous decision, but Ruiz didn't make it easy for him. It was similar to what we saw with the with the, with um, Stats and Magomedov. Almost it was like a precursor or, or an appetizer, if you will, leading up to the main card. Because uh, for everything, uh, and Ruiz put put a little some damage on Glossner too. But for all the uh, submission advantage that Glossner had, Ruiz did just super small adjustments to make it very annoying for him to not be able to get the any of the finishes and uh he went for a couple of submissions of his own but um i mean i actually credit to glossner for not uh not being mentally defeated after trying so hard you know he kept going and that's why he got the win and the same thing for ruiz for literally there's points where where you know like i i said there was a one head and arm choke and it looked like like uh, Glossner was squeezing, 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 but the the hand placement of Ruiz is what just kind of saved him from getting submitted there. So a really good card, Beltor, probably Beltor's best card in twenty twenty one. I have to say. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to the uh, PFL uh, with the time we have left. I spend most of this talking about Beltor, but that was the one. I mean, there were by two screen night for me watching both events and. Um, not for nothing, man. It was really, really something. Uh, like I said, it was probably their best card. I was super impressed with, uh, with just how, you know how it went. Especially, uh, it was a shorter card, you know, because they lost the two fights. And you usually feel like when when a card loses fights like that, there's kind of like a darkish cloud. It was on Friday the thirteenth. Last time Bellator tried to hold uh, a card on Friday the thirteenth before that in 2020, a pandemic started. So that's not funny, but you know, I, if I was Scott Coker, I'd be like, "When do you want to book this? Friday thirteenth? No, no, no more of those." Um. Anyway, let's bring back. Let's bring up the results for the playoffs for PFL. Um. By now, we all know it wasn't the best fight. Um. But listen, when you have two really good guys with uh, solid game plans that are, are good enough to not get knocked out or submitted. Um, <clears throat> that's the kind of fight you're going to get. And that's what we got in the main event. Well, you know, with the playoffs of the main event with the professional fighters league. So full again, results are up here on MMAnews.com. This is the results page. Uh, we've got clips and the sights and sounds or whatever they, they call it. I can't play any of these because of the audio and we'll get hit with the, as you know, but um, Ray Cooper, so I was at the uh, 2019 championships when they had him here in New York City at, uh, you know, the Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden. And Ray, you know, they announced that week or the week before whatever they had. Rory McDonald was there to watch, watch just to see how the whole thing went. 
Ray Cooper was there fighting, and uh, you know he won the title, 2019 title. He got his million bucks. Came back this year. I think he only missed weight w- once, but you know I'm not going to hold that against him because that's his whole PFL career. That's that was a first for him. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right on that. Um, but at the post fight press conference, he he already uh, visualized I'm going to be fighting Roy McDonald. I want Roy McDonald because he knows you know when when promotions Bellator. PFL, anyone that's not the UFC, when they sign contenders and former champions and stuff like that, they they always kind of roll out the red carpet for these names. We saw the PFL did it for Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis didn't even make it to the finals. Now, Roy McDonald did make it to the finals, or the playoffs, rather, <clears throat> the semifinals here, and uh, lost a decision. Again, wasn't the most exciting fight, but... It's what happens when you have someone as good as McDonald fight someone, former uh, 2019 champion and, and Ray Cooper III. Um, he did everything smart, too. But that's the thing. Ray Cooper's a really strong wrestler. It looked like the plan for McDonald was to, to meet his aggression with aggression and nullify the uh, power shots that Cooper has finished folks with because Cooper's got quite a few knockouts to his record, especially in the PFL. So it seemed like that was the plan, um, but the plan involved him wrestling someone that likes to wrestle, and I think that's why things didn't go his way. So you know, but he tried to work his submission ma- uh, game from the top, um, but Cooper was just too savvy. I think he might have been the stronger man in there. I mean, if you, I mean, just looking at the if we're doing an eye test or whatever you want to call it, just looking at their physiques. Um, <clears throat> so I'm starting with the. I mean main event whatever you want to call it but and that you know that was the um that was the um that was the last of the names i think well we still have the heavyweights and the other weight classes but when you look at all the names that the pfl brought in you know that that folks were looking to um we thought we were going to see them fighting for uh, pfl titles in 2021 it's already not the case with if especially with mcdonald and pettis and again, I'm not knocking them, but I, I, I'm just wondering one thing about this season overall, like with the exception of Cooper, um, I'm trying to think if I'm if I'm and I'm sorry if I'm leaving anyone out, but there's folks that just um that sense of urgency when the PFL, I remember the 2018 season, if you compare them like their cards to other cards, like their finish rate because of how it, it is handled. They had the best one because folks knew, like, with the accruing points in the whole format that they have there. Um, I feel like that wasn't there this season. But, you know, coming out of a pandemic, they didn't have a 2020 season because of it. Um, they postponed the year. They just didn't hold events the whole year. That's why Kayla Harrison went and fought in Invicta and tried to fight in Titan FC. Um, you know, which is we have that playoff to look forward to there. So it looks like... Uh, before I move on to the rest of the results, it looks like they're also going to be at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Florida for the remainder of 2021, which is weird because um, I guess they did that to try to have fans come back, you know, because of the whole COVID situation, because with the whole thing here in New Jersey, it's just weird. You know, we're weird here with we don't even know what we're doing as far as, you know, the people the whole COVID situation and what fans should and shouldn't be going to New Jersey is very um, reactive, not proactive. And I, I native New Jersey person. I can say that because I'm witnessing it. I'd like to get the hell out of this state. 
to be honest with you, but that's for something else, um, which is why I hang out in New York so much, just because there's more fun things to do in New York City than New Jersey. It's just get fat and, you know, the beach for two months out of the year when it's not freezing. But anyway, um, um, so it looks like they're going to be in, at the Hard Rock till, uh, the, till the end of the, the season. Um, Clay Collard, I was kind of hoping he would have uh, – advance the thing of it is i think uh, if these guys are if something happens where i forget you have to check the pfl rules if for some reason uh one of these guys can't move on to to fight then they're going to the the loser if i'm not mistaken it's it's like like say ray cooper can't fight at, at the end of the year then mcdonald i think will get his spot um if i'm if i'm remembering right but um, you have to check the go to PFL because uh, as as much as I'm a fan and I've been following them and covering them since their inception, um, there's this this is the point that I don't know. I know about the point system and everything, but just because of how things work here, I'm a little confused. So, so go to the PFLMMA.com and uh, check their rules for that. But um, the uh, Rosh Manifo, I I, I kind of saw him winning this. As a as a fight was coming in, but I, I my heart wanted Clay Carl Colored to win, just because he was somebody that you know he took off MMA completely and came back, you know, for this from boxing after making a name for himself in boxing. So I was kind of hoping he would have uh, pulled off a victory, but um, again, you know, we still may or may not see him. Um, the ESPN Plus, I don't got that, so I didn't see these, but uh, the names that you should are familiar with. Um, Oliver Robin Mossier defeated, uh, got a unanimous decision win in his fight. Um, Gleason Tebow, that was a really nice arm triangle submission. If you if you don't know what Gleason Tebow looks like, we might have an image I could bring up here. That's all the Cooper fight. He's uh, you, there's no what you would have to tap to a, a sudden arm bar uh, arm triangle submission from that man because his uh. He's all arms, biceps, and shoulders up top. So if he puts a squeeze on you, you're tapping from it. I don't think we have it on here. Someone else shared it. It wasn't from the PFL social. Somebody, um, I think someone that shot their screen or something, but that's how I got a glimpse of that because I don't have ESPN Plus because I'm not a rich person um, that can afford 8,000 streaming services. Uh Trying to think, that was probably the submission. There's more finishes on on the on the ESPN Plus portion. It looks like than um, which I feel like it's bad because when they move over to ESPN, you know, when they go to their broadcast channels, ESPN, that's where you grab the new eyeballs. And uh, you know, so if you don't know about PFL and you're channel surfing, you turned it on, you saw all these decisions. You know, the 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 typical newer uh ufc only fan is going to be like this is why i don't watch it these are boring but i mean if you're not a fight fan you're not going to know what to look for to, to make it not boring to you or whatever the hell folks say that booing arenas and stuff when when the good things are happening in fights um so i'm looking forward to it i think their next one they're going to do thursday and then another friday event uh as they as they do the playoffs the um and October 27th, I think, is when, when they're going to do their championships, and that's when they're going to 
put uh, Clarissa Shields back on the card so she can continue. So the thing about Clarissa Shields um, fighting in MMA uh, with the Olympics finishing and stuff like that, and I, I saw her announcement and watching, you know, remember this is, they started doing this with Kayla Harrison when they were still WSOF. You know, Kayla Harrison hadn't fought MMA. They brought her in and they had her fight, you know, uh, feature fights on on their on their cards as 2018 they did it she was a featured fighter on the 2018 fin uh, fin uh finals and then she you know they made the division for her she fought made it to the end won so they could they're, they're doing this for for clarissa to do it if she wants to win another title mma and if if, if anything about the pl format they, they say it over and over again there's no politics what have you i know i mentioned the thing about the red carpet or whatever but when the fights are matched and if, if Clarissa Shields loses, you know, there's nothing she can do, especially if she's in a season format, no matter how much they marketed her or what have you, like they, like they did for, uh, like, again, Pettis and McDonald. If you lost, you're done. And, and the fighter that beat you is now becoming like how many people that if you look at the Ray Cooper, the third, the people the, I have a video from 2018 when I interviewed him on my own YouTube channel that's gotten like over 2000 views or something like that. Uh, it's, and this was shot back when folks didn't know who he was. Now people know the guy and they're looking for him and, and they're just seeing he's super humble, by the way. I mean, he turns all that aggression on when he's in the ring <laughs> or in the cage rather. So it's uh it's something to see, but it's definitely someplace you could build fighters, which is why the PFL seems to be getting new funding and, and, and um, they're already signing people for 2022. So I'm glad that they got going again. I wish they didn't sit 2020 out. I do remember the plan was to go like to hold events overseas and stuff like that. But, you know, COVID is making a lot of plans difficult. So, um, but they have to do something for the fighters that are there. And I'm glad that they got things going this season. So that's it for me. UFC is back uh, with an ESPN uh, card, ESPN plus. I, I forget the card, but you can go to MMAnews.com. We'll uh, we're sure to have plenty of UFC content and stuff leading up to it. Um, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. That's my Twitter handle where I usually, as I stream this on Twitter when I record it, and then I upload it up to the animenews.com YouTube channel where you can do the thumbs up bell notification. We'll probably have more fighter interviews coming as the weeks progress for more UFC events. Make sure you uh, check those out from the wonderful, uh, James Lynch, Canada's, Canada, Canada's best, uh, greatest gift to mixed martial arts, James Lynch. And uh, that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm tapping out. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for those that tuned in during the live stream. Peace.